my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today, in honor of Mother's Day for the month of May, I am bringing you the third and final episode dedicated to Mother's Day. Dedicated to Pam Tanner, if you will. Of course, that episode is Season 5, Episode 2, entitled Matchmaker Michelle. This episode aired on September 24th, 1991. In this episode, Michelle and Teddy schemed to couple Danny with their kindergarten teacher, which I think is incorrect. I mean, Michelle does scheme to get her dad and kindergarten teacher, Miss Wiltrout, together. But Teddy really doesn't play a part in that scheme. In fact, he's shocked when, of course, Michelle's like, Miss Wiltrout's going to be my new mommy. Like, what? This episode on IMDb has a 6.8 rating out of 10, out of 163 reviews and ratings. All right, we do have a guest star here. We have... June Lockhart, who plays Miss Wiltrout. She, of course, played Maureen Robinson, the mother on Lost in Space. She also... So June Lockhart, actually, her first role uncredited is 1938's A Christmas Carol. Okay, good for her. She was in 207 episodes of the TV series Lassie that ran from... 54 to 74, she played Ruth Martin, so more than likely she played Timmy's mom. 84 episodes, Lost in Space, Maureen Robinson. She played Dr. Janet Craig in Petticoat Junction. Good for she is getting She is getting the roles. Huh? She was on the new Lassie for an episode. That's kind of a nice little throwback. I like that. It looks like Matchmaker Michelle is... June Lockhart's last episode as Miss Wiltrout. She was also in the season five opener, Double Trouble, where Michelle starts kindergarten. It's like she also, maybe she played Kelly Martin's grandmother on Beverly Hills 90210 for four episodes. She was in the 1998 Lost in Space movie. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's kind of like a throwback thing. Like with the Brady Bunch movie in 1995, they had... The um, stars of the Brady Bunch, some of them, of course, uh, not reprising their roles, but making cameos. So that's kind of what this is. And she also lends her voice to voice work. She's got a bongy bear in the kingdom of rhythm. Aww. June Lockhart is still with us. So when she, she was born in 1925. So then when she was in that first uncredited role of A Christmas Carol, she would have been 13 years old. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Good for you, June Lockhart. Good for you. 
All right, this episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers Jeff Franklin, the creator. Ellen Gulas, written, written by Ellen Gulas. It deals with Michelle and, you know, her wanting a mommy and stuff like that. So There is no trivia for this episode. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, there is a goof. When Danny chokes while having lunch with Michelle's teacher, half of his sandwich is gone. In the next shot, both halves are still there. And we have one review. Ooh, ever faithful power man. Dan gives us a, ooh, it's weak. It's, it's five out of ten, guys. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen power man Dan rate any episode lower than like a nine or an eight or a seven. But, okay. So he titles this, What Makes a Family? This was published on February 12th, 2019. So this review is over a year old. All right. I never cared for this. Every season in every show has those throwaway episodes. This isn't a filler. Just not done well. Teddy, the boy that called Michelle strange, comes over to play. He gloats about his mother and tries to fix up their teacher with Danny so that she will have a new mom. The, the subtitle involves DJ and Kimmy switching families for part of a school assignment. Kind of cute. There's another subplot with Jesse deciding to change his image to be more heavy metal to a more heavy metal look to impress another record company. So his previous one from a few episodes ago didn't work, but that's only because this is awesome. Danny has a pep talk with Michelle about what makes a family. I loved that minute, and I loved the subplot with Jesse. The rest of the episode, eh, not so much. So yeah, we do kind of have a plot B and a plot C in this episode with DJ and Kimmy switching places, Jesse trying to go for a more uh, heavy metal look. All right, let's read the back of the DVD thing here. It says, have I got a, okay, what? Have I got a girl for you? Michelle thinks her kindergarten teacher should be the next Mrs. Danny Tanner. Oh, I don't like this beginning part at least. Have I got a girl for you? Oh, okay, and, like, hey, Danny, have I got a girl for you you need to meet? Uh-huh. All right, so just to let you all know, if you're new to the podcast, I want to welcome you and tell you where you can find the podcast on social media. If you go to Facebook, type in Full House Podcast. Type in Fuller House Podcast. The All My Atlanta Holy Chalupa Podcast will pop up. Like it, follow it, that way you'll know about what episodes I'm going to be covering next or episodes I've already covered so, also, Instagram at OMHC Full House, Fuller House Pod. I know it's a long one. And also Twitter at OMHC Full House. If you'd like to send an email about your memories of Full House or your own opinions on episodes, I would love to hear them and share them with other listeners. Or if you just want to get yourself heard on the podcast, I'd love that too. So... Send an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Real quick, you know, I, I also want to check in, see how everyone is coping right now. We are in the last full week of April. I am ready to get back to my job. Not that this vacation, <laughs> I won't even call it a vacation. This is something else entirely. It'd be a vacation if you go somewhere, right? But, no. But, you know, I've been doing alright. I've been doing uh, reading. I just finished Dear Sweet Pea by Julie Murphy last night. And it's 
that is a book, I swear, there are some books where I don't want the book to end. And I don't want to leave and say goodbye to the characters. And Dear Sweet Pea was one of those books. I did manage to go out today and get a few uh, staple groceries um, and some pet supplies. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm feeling kind of wiped out. But uh, trying to get my uh, vitamin D here, reading in front of the window where the sunlight comes in. Especially at night, because that's where the sun sets, and it's nice and bright and comfortable. So, just like the other two, in honor of Mother's Day, dedicated to Pam Tanner episodes I've covered, Goodbye Mr. Bear, where the whole family is, you know, missing and reminiscing about Pam. Slumber Party specifically deals with Stephanie dealing with, you know, the loss of really feeling it, the loss of Pam because she's unable to go with Stephanie to the honeybee slumber party. And of course, Michelle. She's in a whole other boat than her sisters, if you think about it. Her sisters had time with Pam. Michelle has no memories of Pam. None. You could show her home videos of her mother, but it's not. This. People can tell her stories. It's not the same thing. I know that she has Becky now that Jesse and Becky are married, but still, she's an aunt. She may be a motherly caregiver, but at the end of the day, she's not her mother. And Michelle just wants what any of us that have lost a parent or grew up without a parent in their lives want. They want that wholesome family feel like we see each week on Full House or Growing Pains or Family Ties or Family Matters or you know just all those or Boy Meets World, The Wonder Years you know all those mom and dad and families and fighting and hugging and playing games, sitting down to dinner just like in Slumber Party, Danny pretty much reminds Michelle what she has is more than what she's lost. Like, but I want to save that for that once we get to that scene because that is a big scene and it just, it, that music, that's exactly what that music is there for, to pull at your heartstrings. But then again, we don't necessarily need that music to tell us this is sad, as Michelle's like, you know, all the other kids have mommies. And the thing is, it isn't until Teddy brings this out in her when they're playing house that she's hit with this realization. She, prior to Becky coming in, she didn't have a mother figure. Her mother figure was Uncle Jesse. So Teddy's reminding her, like, what you're missing out on with having a mommy, even though she's like, well, my daddy does this instead of this. So she's like, yeah, you're right, I need a mommy. And immediately she goes to her teacher, because that's the only other womanly figure that she could readily see that's not, you know, with somebody. All right, let's, let's get into this episode. I am ready to dig into ma Matchmaker Michelle. Before we officially get into the episode, we get to see the cold open. It's Saturday morning, 
why DJ is sleeping at the foot of her bed, I will never understand. Michelle runs in, like, DJ, what are you doing sleeping? And she's like, Michelle, it's Saturday, okay, let me sleep. And Michelle's like, but you're missing Roadrunner in cartoons. And she runs around the little table and chairs going, meep, 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 meep. Of course, DJ stops Michelle on her second run around the table and says, Michelle, when you reach a certain age, your level of maturity, you would rather pretty much sleep in on a Saturday than watch cartoons. I don't think it has a, a matter to do with maturity and age. It's just, it's the only really day during the weekend that you can really sleep in. If you got to sleep in. Because when I was a kid, Saturday was the only day to sleep in. Because then you have to be up at 7 for church at 8. And then sometimes during the year after church, when you just want to go home or go up to the farm because grandma's making breakfast. No, I got to go to REP class, which is a religious education program or CCD, whatever you want to call it, for from like 9.30 until like quarter to 11. It's like, ugh. Plus my dad signed me up late, so I ended up having to make my first communion with my cousin who was a year younger than me. But eventually I did get to be put into my correct grade when I had to make my confirmation when I was 14. I know, the life of a growing up a Catholic kid. Could Joey's sweatpants be any higher on him? He's actually got his shirt tucked in. And he's like, come on, Michelle! Wiley Coyote's like in midair, and you know as soon as he go, looks down, I'm gonna play this because this was so adorable as Joey like takes Michelle like come on Michelle and DJ's like well I'm up Michelle worked everything out from the Double Trouble episode. He no longer thinks she's strange because he's come over to play with her. And Joey's like, hey, what are you crazy kids going to get up to today, huh? You going to have a little tea party? And Teddy looks at him like, we're going to play Terminator too. Yes, because what? The, of course they watch Terminator 2. It's, it's September of 1991. 
Which, honestly, I mean, I've seen the first Terminator. That movie scared me as a kid when he's, like, taking out his eye. That is really... <laughs> um, yeah. But I like the second one just because I was a big fan of Eddie Furlong. From, like, Pet Cemetery 2 and stuff like that. Of course, Joey does his Arnold impression. I'm not even going to attempt Arnold because I know I can't do it. I can't do it. Why do they put Michelle in shirts that have the hole of the shirt or the collar, the neck of the shirt is so wide that it's always like slipping off her one shoulder like this shirt she's wearing here it's a fuchsia like eyelet type shirt and even her nightgown in the um that little clip in the beginning was just sliding off her shoulders like my goodness get some more form-fitting clothes so right away michelle's like hey let's play house and teddy's like okay yeah i'll be the daddy and Michelle's like, I'll be Uncle Jesse. No, no way would she say, like, I'll be the mommy. So, yeah, he's like, Uncle Jesse, you should be the mommy. And, of course, Michelle's like, I don't know how to be the mommy. And he's like, why? Because I don't have a mommy. And it's just like, oh. And, of course, Teddy's like, oh, you should get one. And Teddy's like, mommies use fabric softener in your pajamas. And, of course, Michelle's like, well, my daddy does that. Teddy's like, well, mommies always have great candy in their purse. And of course, <laughs> Michelle's like, my daddy carries wet naps in his wallet. And of course, the next one, Teddy's got her be. Mommies always smell nice and wear pretty dresses. And of course, Michelle's like, you got me there. So Teddy, of course, is like, it's too bad you don't have a mommy. You're missing something good. She's like, yeah, I need a mommy. That's where the audience is like, aww. I'm going to play this clip. It's just, it's sad. And that's going to be Michelle's mission, is to find a mommy for her and a wife for her father. Hey, Michelle, look who came over to play. Hi, Kitty. Hi, Michelle. So, what are you two crazy kids up to? A little tea party? We're going to play Tornado 2. Oh, no problemo. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Consider that a divorce. I'm the party pooper. I'll be back. Let's house. Okay, I'll be the daddy. I'll be Uncle Jesse. <coughs> Uncle Jesse, you should be the mommy. Don't know how to be the mommy. Why not? Don't have a mommy. You should get one. Mommy's used fabric softener in your pajamas. <laughs> My daddy did that. Mommies always have good candy in their purse. My daddy has wet nuts in his wallet. Mommies smell nice and wear pretty dresses. You got me there. Too bad you don't have a mommy. You're missing something good. Yeah, you're right. I need a mommy. The one thing with Danny here in season five I was not a fan of, and I'm just trying to remember. Looking at uh, my box set here of the different images from uh, seasons four through one, I just, something about Danny's hair in season five, I'm just, I'm not digging it. I just, 
I don't like, I know it always seems like he's always had the side part, but it's like the side part, it's like shorter on one side and fluffier, like bigger on the other side. It just, it doesn't gel well. I just, I don't know. It just, but he's using a dust buster on the floor, just picking up random things that maybe a vacuum wouldn't get. And of course, he's got to dust bust Stephanie's homework while she's doing her homework on the bed. So Stephanie's like, what's the capital of Ecuador? And Danny's like, well, honey, don't you think it would be better to find out for yourself? And she just kind of looks at him over her glasses like, you have no idea, don't do you? He's like, not a clue. Says Ecuador capital... If you took off the O on the end, it'd say quit, but there's an O, so it's... I'm gonna get this wrong! I don't know! Quito? It says, let's see, uh, population in the year 2001 was 1,842,201. Ecuador is a Spanish-speaking country on the coast of the Pacific Ocean. Okay. Little history lesson courtesy of Full House. So here's where we're, this is going to be, of course, plot B. DJ comes in like, hey, Dad, I have an assignment for class. It's going to be great. I get to live in another person's home, and they get to live here. I get to experience two days she's going to live in someone's house, and that person's going to live here. And, of course, you'd have to have never seen an episode of Full House to not know that it's Kimmy because she has luggage. Ah! And the one thing I noticed about um, whether it's a character thing or most likely is the actress herself, Andrea Barber, has got a retainer on her uh, top teeth. It's two days. She lives next door. She's got two big size suitcases. And Steffi goes right over to Danny, clutching his arm like, Dad, do something. She's got luggage. And Danny's like, God save us all. DJ, of course, is like, Dad, relax. It's for school. Remember, every good grade I get, now that I'm in high school, helps me get into a great college. Well, it won't help her get into Stanford. Of course, Danny's like, you know, DJ, uh, college education is highly overrated. DJ's like, Dad, look, you guys are going to have a great time because, as you see, Kimmy's not really Kimmy. Kimmy's actually me. He's like, I'm not going to be me anymore because I'm going to be Kimmy. Am I going too fast for you, Mr. T? And of course, Danny's like, I want my little girl back. And DJ's like, well, she's right here. But Danny's like, all right, look, Gibbler, uh, I suppose we can give this a try. <laughs> as long as you behave like DJ. And of course, Kimmy's like, well, there are a few slight differences. He's like, I don't do housework or homework or anything else with work in it. So DJ bounces. She's like, all right, well, enjoy the new me. I'm out of here. Adios, Tanneritos. I'm sorry, guys. No, she's actually wearing braces. Okay, cool. So Kimmy's like, huh. So what do we do now? Oh, you people like to hug, don't you? And she runs right over to them and just arms outstretched. And they're like, uh. I'm going to play this clip because this is not too, this is just hilarious. I love this. Kimmy's also wearing a lime green large v-neck t-shirt. Or maybe it's not a v-neck, she just stretched out the collar. 
Um, and she's wearing a black headband, but it's got like a daisy on it and some other flower patterns. So yeah, I've never heard of a project like that before. I definitely don't think that would be something that would be done in schools today. Unless parents actually did, like would have to sign off on that. Wasn't there, there's a reality show called, um, I think it was like Trading Moms or something like that. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Trading Mom was a movie with Sissy Spacek back in like 93, 94. Um, with Anna Klumsky. And um, I'm trying to find... I know that Tracy Gold was on the show. And I'm trying to find it. It's not here. It was like Trading Spouses is what it was called. Where celebrity moms like swapped houses and had to deal with other people's kids and other people's husbands and keeping a household and stuff like that. Why is Becky eating an entire Thanksgiving turkey? I get it, she's pregnant with twins, but my goodness gracious, wow. Jesse and the Rippers unfortunately got turned down by another rep record company saying their image was too soft. Well, you know what? I'm not surprised because you guys only do covers. You don't have any original material. There's really no way to define what music you play other than music, you know, Elvis, you got your Beach Boys, a lot of 50s, 60s doo-wop hits. Nothing from the 80s, nothing from the 90s, not their own stuff. Nobody's going to sign a band that's basically just a cover band. Remember that Fleshtones Love Affair song that he sang in uh, the season four finale? That wasn't that great. So Jesse, after he says, I'm as tough as anybody, goes over to Becky's belly and says, hey, little twinsy-winsies, how you doing? And then he's like, did I just say twinsy-winsies? And Joey's like, yesy-wessy, Jesse. Not only has she got a Thanksgiving turkey there to feast on, she's got a casserole of what looks like like beans and cut-up Italian sausage or something, or um, like kielbasa sausage or whatever. It's like... I get it. She's got the twins. She's got to keep herself nourished, you know, feed the babies inside of her and herself. 
Yeah. So Becky suggests, like, hey, you and Joey were in advertising. Why don't you two, like, get together and come up with a bad image for yourself? So Jesse's like, seriously, what does this bonehead over here know about being bad? He watches cartoons all day. Of course, Joey's reference for a cartoon being bad being Tasmanian Devil. What about Yosemite Sam? He's pretty bad. Kind of. How does Jesse not have a reference for the Tasmanian Devil? Are you serious? Basically, Joey's imitation of Taz is just spitting. <laughs> spitting in Jesse's face, basically. Okay, thank you. Definitely in the 90s, we were not practicing social distancing because we didn't have to at the time. Spitting in his face. Come on now, Joey. Six feet apart. You were six feet apart. Your spit wouldn't have landed in Jesse's eyes. Now, granted, John Stamos breaks character here because you definitely see him laughing like, oh, this is funny. As he's trying, he puts a finger up pointing like he's trying to, like, be serious. So he's like, I'm an idiot, but I'm desperate. I want to play this clip because this is just funny. They're right. I'm a wuss. Well, you and Joey used to be in advertising. Why don't you get the old team back together and come up with a bad image? What's this bonehead know about being bad? I watch cartoons all day. Are you trying to tell me that the Tasmanian devil isn't bad? What does he do? Well, it just so happens he spins around and slobbers. That's not bad. <laughs> Freaking character. So while Becky's sitting there at the table feeding a Thanksgiving turkey and some beans or whatever casserole to her unborn developing babies, Michelle comes in and asks, Aunt Becky, can we talk? I don't think that's beans. It, it looks like beans, but it's like some casserole that she's also... Like, scooping it out, putting it on top of, like, her chicken. So, Michelle explains her dilemma. She wants to, a new mommy. And Becky, of course, is a little surprised at first. And she's like, well, um, well, your dad would have to meet somebody and fall in love. And, of course, Michelle's like, well, how do you fall in love? Becky explains how she fell in love with, you know, Michelle's aunt, uh, Michelle's uncle Jesse. With candlelight dinner, soft music, and food. And it's just, that's just your typical tropey dinner. Oh, it was so romantic. And of course, Michelle is like, was there kissing? And of course, Becky's like, yes, there was. She's like, ooh. So Becky's like, oh, it's just a little goodnight kiss. That lasted three hours. Like, okay, okay, let's, like, uh, shut the door on that. We don't need to hear any more of her precious little four-year-old ears. Again, with another question. How come no one kisses my daddy? Uh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> you want me to be honest, Michelle? <laughs> Where to begin? <laughs> And Becky's like, you know, honey, I don't know. I mean, your dad's, your daddy's a great guy. Although he spends most of his time cleaning. Talks too much. Especially about himself. So, Becky.
Jackie pretty much spoil breaks it down for Michelle. All your daddy needs is to find a lady who wants a housekeeper and is a great listener. Do you understand? And Michelle's like, yes, I do. My daddy needs help. Well, yeah, he kind of does. But that's a story for another time, Michelle. Sure, sweetheart. What do you want to talk about? How do I get him, Mommy? Um, well, first your daddy needs to fall in love with a nice lady. How do you fall in love? Well, I fell in love with I your did. Uncle Jesse over a candlelight dinner with flowers and soft music. Oh, it was very romantic. Was there campaign? <laughs> yes, there was. Goodnight kiss that lasted three hours. <laughs> How come nobody kissing my daddy? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, your daddy's a great guy. Okay, so he spends all his time cleaning and he talks too much, especially about himself. <laughs> all your daddy needs to do is find a nice lady who's a good listener and who needs a housekeeper. Now, I'm sure that she's out there somewhere. And when he finds her, he'll fall in love, and then you'll have a new mommy. Do you understand? Yes, I do. My daddy needs help. <laughs> so, yeah, Becky just concludes, like, and then, you know, when your daddy meets that special someone, they'll fall in love and get married, and then you'll have a new mommy. Well, does Terry Tanner count? I mean, she, you know, Danny's now divorced. You know, for the first time. And it's, we want that Vicky wedding. We want it. We need it. We need the closure. I need the closure. Please. Season 5, Part 2 of Fuller House. Danny Vicky wedding needs to happen. Stat. Honestly, I would rather see that than the Kimmy and Fernando wedding. I really, really would. I mean, nothing wrong with Kimmy and Fernando. I like them. But as an OG Full House watcher... That would be the ultimate endgame as much as DJ and Steve, Danny and Vicky. Alright, now it's the next day, or is it the same day? It might be the same day. I don't know. Anyway, we're up in DJ, or now Kimmy and Stephanie's room, and we see a cork board that's got a bunch of little pictures on it, uh, a few awards, um what looks like a bumper sticker that says so i'm perfect now what question mark there's also a class photo we see a yellow poster of belle biv devoe on the um closet door kimmy is speaking into a microphone for her project talking about the life of dj tanner day one i'm about to experience the joys of having a little sister. And we see Stephanie, who's the only one that seems to take consideration into Comet's care as she is brushing him. He's such a good dog. <laughs> so Kimmy, of course, is going to turn to Stephanie and say, hey, kid, I want a donut pronto. So... Stephanie's like, comment, excuse me, please. Okay, Kimmy, let me tell you how this 
little sister thing works. Oh no, she says, hey squirt, get me two donuts pronto. And of course, Stephanie just rolls her eyes. Like, and Kimmy's like, don't you get it, kid? I'm the big sister. It's like, Kimmy, you don't get it. That's not how DJ and Stephanie's relationship works. DJ doesn't say, Stephanie, go get me two donuts now. She's like, I gave you a direct order. Now snap to it. Did you boss Jimmy around? Well, she didn't because in the OG Full House universe, Jimmy doesn't really exist until season two of Fuller House. And basically, she's like, okay, let me tell you how this sister thing works, Kimmy. I'm a pain in your neck and you're a pain in my neck. It's a jungle in here. So if you want a donut, you march your little bird legs downstairs to the kitchen and get it yourself. Like, go on, I'll time you. And of course, Kimmy, go, go, you're, you're losing time, Kimmy. Kimmy runs out of the room. And of course, we all laugh as Stephanie's like, you know, Comet, there goes one human you're much smarter than. Oh, yeah, definitely. Michelle's smarter than Kimmy. Michelle's only four. What it's like to be DJ Tanner, day one. I'm about to discover the joy of having a little sister. <laughs> hey, Squirt, get me two donuts, pronto. In your dreams. Don't you get it, kid? I'm the big sister. I gave you a direct order. Now snap to it. Excuse me, Comet. Giggler, let me tell you how this sister thing works. You're a pain in my neck, and I'm a pain in yours. It's a jungle in here. So if you want a donut, you march your little bird legs down to the kitchen and get it yourself. <laughs> Oh, Kimmy. That's right, I am. Now, those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while know I have an older sister, six years older than me. And yes, she would have me get her things. Like, oh, go get me something out of the pantry or whatever. And sometimes I like I couldn't find it right away. And she'd get frustrated and say, if I have to come in there and find it myself, and it, I swear it was just so nerve-wracking. I'd be like, <laughs> the joys of having a big sister. <laughs> All right, now we're going to go across to Joey's room, which used to be Jesse's room, which used to be Stephanie's room. He's got, of course, Detroit Red Wings hockey representing Michigan and Steve Eiserman, one of – Jeremy's favorite uh, hockey players. So we don't see at first what Jesse looks like. In the world? Uh, and he's like, hey, look, this is the image we've been looking for, Jess. I mean, I really like it. And Jesse's like, well, I hate it. He's got this long, crazy long blonde wig, like down past his pectorals. And it's or past his chest, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that looks horrid. So Joey's like, hey, look, it's totally Nelson. So I looked up on YouTube, because I wanted a reference for Nelson. And I'm thinking, I must have at least heard one of their songs. I'm just listening to some of them. Like, I haven't heard any of their songs. So Nelson is an American rock band founded by singer-slash-songwriters Matthew and Gunnar Nelson, twin sons of Ricky Nelson and Kristen Nelson. 
band achieved their success during the early 90s with their double platinum debut album, After the Rain, which featured the number one hit, Can't Live Without Your Love and Affection. Alright, so... And I'm just like, there isn't any of their songs. you think I would have heard of something. I mean, it was the early 90s. But then again, a lot of what I grew up listening to would have been, you know, country music. You know, Reba, Tim McGraw, Travis Trick, Garth Brooks, Vince Gill, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, all the, I mean, my... Listening of other music like Michael Jackson, Paula Abdul, New Kids on the Block, um, Tiffany, Debbie Gibson, all that stuff would have been through my sister because that's how, and even also the oldies music from you know, the 50s and the 60s on our way to church, we'd be listening to you know, the oldies station. So I got a little bit of a balance of like the three types of music that influenced, but mainly it was the country music that I just remember listening, you know, B93, WCUZ, and then eventually when I became a teenager, WCUZ ceased to exist and became like 101.3, the Fox playing like rock music, so, but anyway, Jesse is not into this, like, I know I want to change my image, but I think this is a bit much for me. He looks at it, Joey puts a mirror in his face. Ah! Seeing his reflection, it's like, I look like Cousin It. But Jesse wants more of an influence like White Snake, Poison, Rat, stuff like that. You know, heavy metal in those terms. I'm like, okay, if you're thinking of those, then why are you always playing covers of, like, Elvis and the Beach Boys and Shout and Give Me Some Lovin' and, you know, other, you know, 50s and 60s. Frank Sinatra and, and Buddy Holly songs and stuff like that. It's like, you'd think his influence, because he is in a quote-unquote rock band, but rock is never fully, you know, his rock is like rock and roll from the day, whereas we think rock in 1990, you're going to be looking at those influences like White Snake and, and, and Rat. What's that? White Snake, isn't that? No, um... That's like, here I go again on my own, right? Um, I'm trying to think of what rat and poison. What sounds are, uh, poison isn't um, that um, every rose has its thorn. So what he wants his image to be is like, I want something that's going to reach out to the audience by, and grab them by the throat and just rip it out. It's like, whoa. So I think he wants a little more Ozzy Osbourne and a little less... That's the opposite of Ozzy Osbourne. Conway Twitty, there we go. Granted, Nelson and Conway Twitty couldn't even be, couldn't be farther apart, to be honest. Joey's like, all right, let me see. I'm getting a vision here. Uh, what are those birds that swoop down that everyone's afraid of? And Jesse's like, pigeons? And it's like, no, darker, scarier. I got it. Your vulture. Ooh, vulture. He's Jesse's like, I like it. I'm going to play this clip because I just, this is so fun. This is honestly the part B with DJ and Kimmy. You saw the majority of that. I mean, it does come back again for like a split second. But the main is going to be Michelle, Danny, and Miss Wiltrout, and Joey, Jesse, and this whole turning Jesse's uh, band image. 
something that's going to be <laughs> really uh, interesting. Yes, it's macho, it's tough. It's that hard-edged rock and roll image we've been looking for. I love it. I hate it. <laughs> Come on, Jess. It's totally Nelson. Ah! I look like Cousin It. Take more of the lines of, uh, of like, like, like White Snake and Rat and Poison, groups like that. I mean, I need something that's gonna grab the audience by the throat and just whip it apart. Okay, hold on, I'm getting something. Uh, what are those birds that swoop down that everyone's afraid of? Pigeons? <laughs> no, bigger, darker, scarier. I got it. You are Vulture. Vulture, I like huh? it. It's dark, it's vicious, it's kind of like a buzzard, but it's got better hair. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, cover your heads, hide your dead, and bandage your open wounds. Yeah. Here comes Vulture. Come on, do it, do it, Vulture. It's scarier. Darker. One time, one time. Well, I looked it up. I was like, I'm curious if the name Vulture has ever been used for, like, a band or a group or an individual. And it says, Vultures is a hardcore slash metal band from BC, Canada. Okay, interesting. Good for them. I wonder what they sound like. Let's find... Okay, Conway, that's enough, buddy. I love you, but that's enough right now. Thank you. Vulture band. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Okay, vulture. You know, we're just gonna go with this. It's your vulture. Okay, get rid of you. Hold on. <laughs> okay, can we get some lyrics? Well, that was Vulture, everybody. Um, well, Vultures. Is it Vulture or Vulture? It says Vulture. Okay, well, good for them. Good for them. They find success. All right, let's jump to Fraser Street Elementary. Of course, we go to Michelle's room, and the one thing I noticed behind her on this wooden shelf, the Alfie robot thing that you, it's got, like, red buttons running down the left of this yellow on the right and then underneath is going to have green buttons and then you like stick like cards in there they have like words or pictures and then you just like press buttons indicate well when it tells you to and then the face lights up with like a smiley face or maybe a sad face if you get it wrong i just i remember i had that as a kid i'm like elfie i didn't even i didn't even know that's what the thing's name was until i was an adult and i was looking online for him like oh my gosh so, Michelle's Day pretty much is just probably coloring, learning your letter number recognition, stuff like that. Although, if I think about it, in the episode where Teddy moves, Michelle's got another teacher. It's probably, I think it's like first grade, and she's learning, uh, she's probably learning letter recognition in kindergarten, and then, of course, like learning like words in first grade of course you uh 
got a little out of control with the crayons and she got some on the desk. And Miss Will Tarlecourt is like, honey, I see that all the time. It's not a big deal. I will take care of it with a cloth and some uh, the spray bottle. So this is what entices Michelle to like, oh, do you like to clean? And of course, Miss Welltrout is like, I love to clean. And Michelle's like, my daddy loves to clean too. Or saying, a clean room is a happy room. And Michelle's like, my daddy says that. So the bell rings, signaling the end of class. And she's like, all right, another day without an injury. Thank goodness. Now, Miss Wiltrow definitely looks like a lady who maybe could have retired at some point, and she's like, maybe she more likely could be a widow, and she's like, no, the children, I love the children, this is my life, the children give me life, so, yeah, that's her enjoyment, like, I could retire, because she looks like she's maybe 55 years old at this point. But she's like, no, I'm not going to. I love my job. I love the children too much. What would she do if she retired, right? Garden? Maybe take up golfing? I don't know. But this is her joy and her love. So let her teach. This is the last time we will ever see Miss Wiltrout, though. So. so apparently the parents just come into the classroom to get their children. They don't have the kids, like, go wait by the office or wait in front of the doors for their parents to come up. Probably you don't want anyone sneaking off with someone's kid, you know, just to be safe. Let's keep them in the room so that way when the parent comes, like, just take them right out the door. It's a good safety precaution, definitely. There's two Brandons in Michelle's class, and here comes Danny coming to get Michelle. She doesn't even know he's there because her back is turned. So Michelle is so happy. She feels like, this is great. She loves to clean. My dad loves to clean. It couldn't be more simpler. I'll put them both together. She doesn't notice the vast, vast, vast age difference between Danny and Miss Wiltrout. It's got to be at least a good 15 to 20 years. But that doesn't matter. They love to clean. They're a perfect match for each other. Sweetie, um, I know you're just, you want a mommy, I get it, but Miss Wiltrout, she doesn't want to raise any more children. I don't even think she, she, her children most likely, if she does have any, are, she probably has grandchildren at this point. Michelle could be about the age of one of her grandchildren. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't want to be settled down with a family again. Uh, she's already watching children, that's her job. Their passion. But I'm going to play this clip. All right, now, children, it's time to put away your crayons and clean up your desks. <laughs> oh, yes, Michelle. I got crayon on my desk. Oh, that's all right. A little cleanser will clean that right up. Do you like to clean? Oh, yes. I always say a clean room is a happy room. But Daddy said that, too. All right. Another day without an injury. Well, she did very well in art class. <laughs> 
how Michelle's doing. Michelle, of course, excuses herself. You know, I'll let you two talk, because she's going to go over to Teddy and brag about how my daddy and Miss Wiltrout are going to fall in love. And, of course, Teddy's like, they are not. And she's, like, pointing to Danny and Miss Wiltrout, who are talking and laughing over cleaning up Michelle's little crayon mess on the table. And Teddy just is like, what? Like, he can't believe it. Like, oh, she could be right. They are talking and laughing. And Michelle's like, I'm getting a new mommy. Oh, sweetie, you are going to be let down so hard. From the commercial, and Teddy's like, our teacher's going to be your new mommy? Michelle's like, watch this. She goes over to them, and of course, Danny's telling Miss Wiltrout, giving her a little cleaning tip about, you know, if you buff these tables with cheesecloth so it'll bring out the natural luster of the formica which is whatever wood it's it's like um she's just a teacher more than likely all she's gonna do is just wipe it down other than the custodians will probably come in and anything that really needs to be worked on is probably something that they would do she's not gonna work on buffing each table until it's natural luster of wood shines through anything they probably have like a laminate covering surface to protect the natural wood and I'm not a wood expert I don't build tables so I don't really know I'm just guessing so Michelle of course invites Miss Wiltrout to eat at their house like oh Danny can she eat at her house and Danny who's not even looking at Miss Wiltrout is like well sure I mean if she's looking for a place to eat you know, we'd love to have her over. So this has clearly got to be like a Friday because Michelle's like already making plans for tomorrow for lunch. But she's like, yeah, that sounds lovely. And Danny's like, great, it's a date then. Ding, ding, ding. Hmm, date. Okay. Wow. Oh, so Michelle's satisfied. She goes back over to Teddy. I love how she turns away. She's like, yes. Every kid in the 90s in the movies did. Yes. Like yanking the arm. Yeah. It's so like whether you're defeating the bad guys or whether you're getting hooking your dad up with your teacher. Yes! My plan worked! I barely had to do anything. So I'm gonna play this clip. Our teacher's gonna be your new mommy? Watch this. You know, if you buff these desks with a cheesecloth, I think it'll bring out the natural luster of the Formica for you. <laughs> I'll make a note of that. <laughs> Daddy, can Miss Will try to eat at our house? Sure, I guess if Miss Wiltrop's looking for some place to eat, we'd love to have her over. How about lunch tomorrow? Well, lunch sounds lovely. Perfect. It's a date then. <laughs> yes. So I don't know. Does this teacher get dates? Well, excuse me, not dates. Um, invites to students' houses. Isn't that a bit peculiar? I mean, I never invite any of my teachers over. In fact, I never set any of my teachers up with my father. I mean, my father clearly had no trouble getting ladies. He clearly thought himself a definite lady killer. So he had no problem in that department. No, I don't ever remember. The only thing I can remember is 
we did this in second grade where, like I said, I was in special ed, so our classes were like maybe like eight to ten kids. And every once in a while, a name would get drawn out of a hat, and that person would get, you know, a special day, that person and a couple students. And my teacher took me and a friend to go see Beauty and the Beast. When I was in fourth grade, my name got drawn, and I got to go to McDonald's with a teacher. I know that that kind of thing doesn't happen now, but back in, in, in the day, in the early 90s, yeah, there there was no no issue with that. I remember it being such a big thing when you actually would see your teacher outside of school. Like, if you saw them, like, at the grocery store or something, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, seeing them outside of their element and wearing their teacher hat and everything like that, it's like, oh, my gosh, this person actually does stuff outside of school. Like, they're an actual regular human, you know, person. All right, let's go back to DJ and Stephanie's. Well, now it's Kimmy and Stephanie's room. And Michelle, or Michelle, Stephanie's getting ready to go to bed. Kimmy comes on, hey, little sis, you know what I realized about being, from being DJ? That there's no one I'd rather be than me. And, of course, Stephanie's, like, rolling her eyes as hard as she can. Like, you know what, I'm just gonna sit in the closet. Kimmy keeps rambling. And Stephanie finally breaks in with, Kimmy! I'm sitting in the closet. What does that tell you? And Kimmy's like, oh, I guess that means I should talk louder. It's like, ugh. And, of course, Stephanie hears DJ's voice. Like, oh, my gosh, DJ, you're back. No, she's not back. She just has to get her roller skates because it's roller derby night at the Gibbler house. And it's first when Stephanie gets out of the closet and sees DJ's multi-patterned shirt like bright colors it's like it looks just like a tetris game on her shirt basically but dj wants to go for she's going for the total kimmy experience so it's dj and kimmy's dad against kimmy's brother and sister or brother and sister excuse me she doesn't have sisters brother and mother and a grudge man no holds barred no time limit and kimmy's like you don't you might want to watch out for my mom. She hides an egg beater in her pants. That's an image I don't need to see or think about, ever. Of course, Danny comes in just as DJ's leaving, like, Hey, Mr. T, pretty cool sweater. And she stops in the doorway, looks back, and says, Not! Remember when everyone said that in the 90s? Not! <laughs> uh, I'm sure I said that a bunch. I'm going to play this clip. Sweater. 
right, so it looks like we're going to the Smash Club, and you definitely see a different crowd here. It's all leather jackets, skin-tight clothes, short skirts, the dog collars. I love how Becky is so pregnant at this point. And she's like, wow, Danny, you really fit in. That Mr. Rogers sweater doesn't give you away at all. <laughs> funny so i take it joey decided to borrow that uh blonde wig because he comes out with his face covered and he's wearing like a denim sleeveless jacket over a red t-shirt and he, he puts on like a surfer attitude he's like hey man why don't you wait until you see the special effects i rigged up the record execs are gonna be totally stoked so is this like a nod to Wayne's World? Because I've never seen it. Because Joey's all like, hey, bogus sweater, man. And Danny's like, yeah, it's machine washable. And they both take their fists and they like bump fists like, all right. <laughs> I can't believe this clip is so funny because Joey's like, well, I got to go start the show. Peace, hippies. And I love how Becky's like, peace, baby. <laughs> re-watching it that wig joey's wearing it's got a, like a price tag on it like what's that little price tag like long price tag like well that's probably they just props department probably like, ran and got it and forgot to take the tag off i'm like whatever who cares so uh, let's hear from vulture this is gonna be crazy Danny with a lighter. <laughs> Alright, so 
Joey pretty much has Jesse hooked up on wires. So that way when he comes out to the audience because he's Vulture, he'll look intimidating and scary. He's like dressed to the nines, leather black pants, leather jacket with metal studs and fringe hanging from the arms. And I think the majority of his band, is it's like a different band. The only one familiar band member that we know that's been in every episode that had Jesse and the Rivers would be Gary. But they're all, you know, dressed in metal, heavy metal garb. You know, a lot of leather, a lot of eyeliner, a lot of big hair. And the effects with the, the white smoke and everything. And Jesse keeps with the whole stick in his tongue on which, how are you going to play with your tongue sticking out like that? You're not. And Jesse, of course, who should be singing, looking over his shoulder back at Joey, like, hey, get me down so I can be on the stage. Because his feet are like, he's hovering like maybe a few inches off the stage. And Joey's like, just keep playing. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. So Joey, mind you, the whole, the, the band is playing the song. And Joey grabs Jesse's legs, pulls him back, and is like, hey, Gary, can you, like, hold this, hold him for a second? And Gary's like, man, I'm trying to play. And he, like, shoves Jesse forward. Meanwhile, you know Jesse's still on those uh, wires, so he gets flung out into the crowd. It's almost like a mosh pit, only he's suspended in air. And, of course, you hear Becky clapping, like, whoa, way to go, sweetheart. And then Danny with the lighter. <laughs> it's just, like, Vulture lives. <laughs> oh, boy. And Jesse, the whole time, when he's saying, like, Joey, get me down. I'm like, Joey, get him down. And he's like, you're dead meat. <laughs> and they're pointing at Joey, you're dead meat. <laughs> it's just funny. Oh, man, the fireman had to get Jesse down. Oh, that sucks. Uh, and also you got, the, what do you say, the world's biggest wedgie? Probably from those leather pants, probably. Being lifted up by those wires, that's gonna hurt. He's walking like he just got done riding a horse. So of course, Joey's like, well, Vulture didn't work. How about you burrowing up from the stage? You could always be that gopher. And then he does a Caddyshack impression. He's doing a Bill Murray from Caddyshack. I've never seen the movie. So Jesse's like, this was a mistake. I'll just go back to Jesse and the Rippers. Hopefully I'll find a record company that wants me for myself. All right, now we cut back to plot A, which of course is Michelle, Danny, and Miss Wiltrout. Michelle, of course, was able to go get some dead dandelions out on the front lawn to give to Danny to give to Miss Wiltrout because ladies love flowers. Yes, even dead dandelions are uh, just... Just scream romance. If Danny even really could take a second to to think of this whole scenario between it's just him, Miss Wiltrout, and Michelle. Like you take out Michelle, and you did say it's a date. I mean, eh, it's just a recipe for disaster. Everybody, someone's gonna get hurt, and it's clearly going to be Michelle. She's putting our, all her eggs in one basket that this is great. Dad and Miss Wiltrout, they both love to clean. This is a match made in heaven. They'll have a dinner, you know, or a lunch date. They'll fall in love. They'll kiss. They'll get married. And I can finally have a mommy and just be like everyone else. 
I think in a way, it's kind of like the fact that until Teddy brought this up, she was fine. I mean, we, we don't know off screen if she ever kind of questioned, like, about, you know, her mom and everything. But it's the idea of feeling left out. You know, everyone's kind of mom but me in, in a way that she kind of feels. It's like, I, this mom thing, I really wish I could be in on it because they sound amazing. I mean, her dad's a good dad and everything like that, but at the end of the day, it's still her dad. No matter, you know, how much fabric software he uses, how many wet naps he keeps in his wallet, at the end of the day, he's still dad. Weakness. Michelle, I do not talk about myself. Okay, maybe I do just a little bit, but that's because when I was five, I didn't really have any friends. She's still waiting. Open okay, the door. Right, I'll, uh, I'll do my best. Oh, here I am. Hello. How are you? Good. Hello, Michelle. <laughs> Is it for you? Dandelions, my favorite. Dead dandelions. <laughs> Dreams wrong on so many levels. Oh, look at that. Michelle set the table all by herself. Oh, it looks very pretty. Pretty. <laughs> no candles because I can't play with matches. Isn't he a gentleman? Auntie gets a gold star for good manners. <laughs> and she also made lunch all by herself. What do we have here? Last two straws. <laughs> Michelle, aren't you going to eat with us? You need to be alone. Yeah, he knows what's going on. Keep thinking that. Are you in love yet? Oh, God.
know. <laughs> We're just friends. Then you better start kissing. Well, that ain't gonna happen. Your, your teacher and I are not going to kiss, <laughs> and we're not gonna fall in love. Now I'll we'll never get a new mommy. Well. Well, now you know what this was about. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm sorry, I had no idea this is what she had in mind. I better go talk to her. Will you excuse me for a moment? Oh, yes, yes, of course. Thanks. So, Michelle, let's go back to before the teacher walks in the door. Michelle's like, Daddy, don't talk about yourself. And he's like, I don't talk about myself. Okay, I did a little bit when I was five because I didn't really have any friends. He's like, Daddy, like, answer the door. So Michelle gives her teacher the dead dandelions. And, of course, Miss Wiltrout looks like she's dressed to teach. It's like her regular, you know, school wardrobe. I, I don't know why, but I just, I think that she is a widow. I think that if she were married, she's like, well, I'm flattered that you're inviting me to your house, but I don't think my husband would be a fan of that. So, of course, Michelle's going to talk up Danny, saying how he's the nicest man in the whole world. And Danny's like, well, I mean, I don't know if I'm the nicest guy in the whole world. I mean, I some say I am the cleanest. So, Michelle takes each, both of their hands and starts walking them towards the kitchen. She, of course pulls away from them, and puts their hands together. And it is very cringeworthy. Because even Miss Wiltrout and Danny kind of look at each other like, what is this about? Yeah. So Michelle went to the trouble of making one sandwich. They each get half. It's PB&J, of course, classic sandwich. And one glass of milk. As Danny's like, Michelle, there's only one glass of milk here. What's up with that? She's like, oh, here you go. And she pops in two straws. Yeah, this is even more awkward than the hand-holding. So she starts walking towards the living room. And Danny's like, well, honey, aren't you going to eat with us? And Michelle's like, you need to be alone. And how convenient on um, the stool by the kitchen island, there's a little tape recorder that she plays a ABC song like a you're adorable b you're beautiful and whatever and she gives a little okay sign and smiles and walks away as soon as she's out of the kitchen danny goes over and shuts the tape off like okay i have an idea what's going on here i didn't know that she had all this planned and Miss Wiltrout kind of thinks this is like a way, like Danny's doing this to help Michelle, like get a good, you know, like on Little House on the Prairie, Harriet would like have a teacher over for dinner and like, oh, my kids are so great, and, you know, kind of like this. I'm sure Miss Wil- Miss Wiltrout's like, you know, she is doing very good in school. You, you don't have to suck up like this. And Danny looks at her kind of surprised, like, uh. Like, first of all, I didn't know that this is what she had planned. And second of all, uh, we tanners are not suck-ups. Goody two-shoes, maybe, but not suck-ups. So, of course, Danny takes a bite of his sandwich, and as soon as he does, Michelle pokes her head in from the living and says, Are you in love yet? This always made me uncomfortable. Just the intimacy in those words and Danny of course is taken by surprise with a mouthful of PB&J 
You mean Jay. And the lady, Miss Wiltrop, treats Danny like she probably is used to, she's around like five-year-olds all day. Like, oh, put your arms up. Oh, good boy. Here, drink some milk. Good boy. And she pats his back. And it's just like, Oh, and Danny even is like, okay, I can kind of handle this myself. Thank you. Why are you talking down to me? So Danny's like, Michelle, come here. What did you just say? And she's like, are you in love yet? And he's like, well, your teacher and I are not going to fall in love. We're just friends, okay? And Michelle's like, well, then you better start kissing. And Danny's like, honey, we're not going to kiss. We're not going to fall in love. Whatever you had planned, this is not going to happen. Michelle, of course, is upset. Like, now I'll never have a new mommy as she runs upstairs. And Danny's like, I'm sorry, Miss Wiltrow. I didn't know this is what she had in mind when she planned everything. And you come back to Miss Wiltrow. She feels bad. I mean, she didn't know. She was just being polite. You know, someone asked her out to, you know, lunch a half a sandwich and a milk who is she to say no right i mean she's a teacher i want to make sure the teachers get along with the parents if it includes a, a lunch date on a saturday afternoon fine even the whole you better start kissing i just would cringe as a kid it's like that's a little too too intimate for me like actually imagine danny like having a romantic relationship with a woman who's Gosh, I would even say old enough to be his mother at this point. I mean, she's at least 15 to 20. She's got to be at least 20 years older than him. She's got to be getting close to 60. And he's like 33. Becky, the way she kind of um, made it sound was just like, oh, your daddy just needs someone to have something in common with, you know, hence the cleaning, you know, housekeeper and someone who likes to listen. And that's all Michelle thought were the key ingredients to her dad falling in love and getting married. And also with the kissing and everything, like, boom, you invite her to lunch. Boom, you, you talk, you whatever, you kiss, you fall in love, you get married. Like, it's the three basic things you walk down the aisle. It's... For a five-year-old, I get it. There's more to it than that. And she's not going to get it. So so here we're going to get to Danny and Michelle's talk. And it's just, you feel bad for her. She just wants to be like everyone else who's got a mom and a dad. Jesse and Aunt Becky and a Joey. 
Michelle's room and he sits on the floor and says honey I think we need to talk and she looks at him or looks down at him says I think we better and you know he apologizes like I'm sorry you went into so much trouble today and immediately we cut to Michelle and that music just is pumped right in there she's like I wish I had a mommy and it just breaks my heart is Danny it's like honey I know you don't remember but you had a wonderful mommy, and she loved you very, very much. And Michelle's like, it's not fair. All the other kids have mommies. And he's like, honey, I, I understand that. But if you think about it, a lot of kids just have a mommy, or they just have a daddy, or a grandparent, or an aunt or uncle. He explains to her about what makes a family. A family is people that l l care for one another and love each other. And he explains that you, you are very lucky. You have four people that love you. You know, me and your Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky. And you have a Joey. And, of course, Michelle brightens up at that. Like, I bet no one at school has a Joey. And nowadays, even when Danny's saying... Some kids just have a mommy or just have a daddy. Or it could be in a scenario where a child has, you know, two mommies or, or two daddies. And maybe they're wanting that feminine or, or masculine influence. And they don't, you know, have that in their family and stuff. Maybe they're, I, I, I don't know. But we definitely get... From Michelle, it's just, it's a feeling not so much just of loss, but of being left out of what seems like the norm of having a mommy and a daddy. Yeah, and I like how when he's talking about there are many different kinds of families and how family is made up of just people that care and love you and everything and he's like you have four people that love and care about you you know uh me your uncle jesse your aunt becky and joey and so danny adds here it's like you and your sisters are very lucky because you have four people that care about you that live in your house of course she slides off the bed and hugs danny and says i love you very very much so already she's getting ready to like set him up with well, before that, of course, she's like, am I ever going to have a new mommy? And he's like, well, I, I hope so. So she's like, you know, have you met the school nurse? She's very hot. And, of course, Danny's like, oh, really? Um, What color hair does she have? And, of course, Michelle's like, hot pink. I'm like, okay, so she's probably in her 20s. <laughs> Maybe a little bit too young for Danny. <laughs> And you know, that's how the 
episode ends. I thought it it was good. I mean, it was cute. So I think as far as best outfits, I'm going to definitely go with, I really liked DJ's, I'm just going to call it a multicolored Tetris uh, shirt. I really like that. And then I'd have to say, I'm going to have to go with uh, Jesse's leather jacket from um, the Vulture experience at the Smash Club. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, as far as for worst outfit of the episode, I'm going to go with Danny's Mr. Rogers uh, olive green shirt that just with the mustard yellow shirt underneath is olive green sweater with the mustard yellow shirt underneath, which is just bleh. Most relatable, of course, is going to be Michelle, you know, with her wishing she had a mommy and stuff. And like I said, I mean, I had a mother. She wasn't deceased. She just wasn't living in my house. So that was a thing. You know, I was right, you know, seven years old when I ended up living with my aunt and uncle for a year. And I mean, that was a big change. My mom wasn't living in my house anymore. I was living with my aunt and uncle and seeing my dad on the weekends, almost like a divorce situation. And then occasionally on a weekend, if my mom was having a good day, I would go and see her at her parents' house and we'd go out to McDonald's, her favorite restaurant. And then as I got older, you know, we would go and see her maybe a couple Sundays a month. You know, Annika, if she was having a good day where she wasn't upset and crying and everything like that. So, but I definitely seeked out, you know, a feminine Im influence with, through my grandma, my older sister, my aunt, my teachers. Just, I had plenty of influence available. At the end of the day, like I said, they weren't mom. And even mom wasn't mom because after a while I didn't see her in that way anymore. It's like that connection we might have had when I was very, very little just over time began to fade away. And it's, but, um, yeah. You know, and even, you know, when I was a kid, I definitely saw myself viewing TV families and wishing I was a part of that, that, that unit, that simple mom, dad, kids scenario, because it just seemed like it was so wholesome and normal. All right, so the next episode I'm going to be doing is going to be for Father's Day in honor of Father's Day in honor of Danny Tanner. I will be covering season one, episode six, entitled Daddy's Home which aired on October 23rd, 1987. Uh, right. Sorry, IMD likes to take its time. I'm loading. Danny realizes that he misses special moments with his daughters and decides to take a family fun date twice. Jesse's current girlfriend is in town. Okay, good for her. Let's see, and then we are going to jump ahead to season four with... Episode 12, entitled Danny in Charge. This episode aired on December 14th, 1990. When Joey and Jesse take a trip, Danny is alone in caring for the girls for the first time. Because think about it. After Pam passed, 
his mother came in and took over. And then right as she left, like that day, Jesse and Joey came in. And it's really like Danny hasn't had his, you know, alone time with the girls to take care of them. So this is a great opportunity to see and appreciate how much Jesse and Joey do for the girls and for Danny to keep that household running. All right, I hope you guys have a wonder, well, a wonderful week and everything like that. And just, you know, honor your mothers, you know, take her out. And, well, depending on where we're at in this time, um, I'm recording this on April 20th. And this won't be released until, let's look at the calendar, the 24th of May. So hopefully in that time we're slowly acclimating to whatever the normal is going to be trying to get our feet back underneath us and just you know even just a phone call, a Skype session with your mom um yeah or even eventually once this whole stay at home ban is lifted that um those that mothers like mine that have passed be able to pay our respects and go to the cemetery and um yeah so all right so as i like to say and hopefully by the time this airs <laughs> um we'll hopefully be getting closer to being in a better place i don't know guys i'm just Things are kind of bleak right now and just trying to take it one day at a time. So, stay home if the band's still in order. Stay safe and stay positive. We will get through this. Bye-bye.